Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello everybody and welcome along to RS2 IMSA Radio. Great to have your company. Uh, we are ready for a little bit of bonus live coverage for you. Uh, it is the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama from the streets of St. Petersburg uh, on the IndyCar support package this weekend. I'm John Hindorf and joining me in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre is Jeremy Shaw, we're getting ready to roll. And if you're listening on RS2 now and you've got the bandwidth, stand by, because we're going live in sound and vision on IMSA TV. Live Porsche racing, coming up next. The Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA. By Yokohama. On IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the streets of St. Petersburg, Florida. It is the Grand Prix of St. Pete's this weekend, 14 corners, 1.8 miles on a street circuit, sort of. It's not typical uh, as we're getting ready for IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup USA by Yokohama action. Uh, I'm John Heindorf. Uh, when I say not typical, yes, there are some... Uh, hairpin turns and some 90 degree turns but there's some fast sweepers as well notably uh, heading uh, down through Bayshore Drive at turn 10 and into the 11 and 12 complex before you the uh, before you come into the final two hairpins and then there's that long straight line down runway 9 of St Petersburg's airport beautiful afternoon for you and a limited number of people allowed inside which means a variety of the local residents have uh, got out onto their balconies to take advantage of the look around uh, we have 15 cars for you jeremy shaw my usual partner in crime great to see the porsches on the streets they were the only cars that did any running here when st pete was meant to happen earlier in the year qualifying took place earlier on the day jeremy how do they line up yeah, let's have a look at the starting line. This is going to be round 13 of this year's Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama, 15 cars. There are four uh, Gold Cup entries and the rest of them are Platinum class cars. Starting at the back is Michael Manella for MCR Racing. Had some dramas in uh, practice and qualifying, as did the driver who will start 14th on the grid. That's car number 99, Alan Metney for Kelly Mosea Motorsports, the leader of the Masters category this season. Alongside him will be Richard Edge in car number 18 for ACI Motorsports. Row six, Danny Hardy making his return for TPC Racing, local driver in car number 69. Alongside the Gold Cup Championship leader for ACI Motorsports, car number 17, is Kurt Swearingen. The pole sitter, however, for Gold Cup this weekend, for the eighth time this season, in car number 65 for TPC Racing, is Efren Castro. Uh, alongside him on the grid, Frank Razzo 
four, car number 57 for Top Racing. And now on to row four, Charlie Luck, the fourth for Wright Motorsports, car number 45. He won the Masters class in all three races last time out at uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Alongside him on the grid making his return to the series after missing the last few rounds is the fastest of the Masters cars contenders for TPT Racing car number 10 from Virginia is Vernon McClure. Car number 11, Sean McAllister for JDX Racing will start on the outside of row 3 alongside Sebastian Carrazzo in car number 27 for Kelly Moss Road and Race. Row 2 is Kenny Morello in car number 56 for Top Racing alongside Riley Dickinson in car number 53 for more speed. An excellent qualifying run yesterday for Top Racing's car number 58, TJ Fisher, bearing the uh, benefits of the coaching he's receiving from a former multiple winner in this championship, is Zach Robichaud. But on the pole position yet again, his fifth pole of the season, our championship leader for Kelly Moss Road and Racing car number 16 from Canada is Jeff Kingsley. Uh, and the two championships, there's two different types of cars out on the track. The cars at the front of the field are platinum. They have a slightly larger four-litre engine. Uh, and they effectively run at the front of the championship. They're a little bit newer. Uh, and they have a slightly different aero package uh, as well. Uh, that championship is very much between Jeff Kingsley on pole and right behind him on the inside of row two, Riley Dickinson. So the 16 and the 53, the championship leaders uh, there in the gold category which have the gold markings on the shade band the gold door mirrors and the gold rear wing end plate they're slightly older gen one cars as they are known and in fact kurt swearingen in the uh, number 17 that car goes back to 2014 in its racing history He's in second place on the outside pole. Efren Castro is his championship rival. Second place in the championship, but first place on the grid here for TPC Racing in the number 65. So not a usual point and squirt road circuit at St. Pete's. Jeremy still holds the SCC race lap record, race truck lap record uh, around uh, this place. Some very, very... Uh, very, very fast corners and getting off this final couple of corners onto the runway. Very important indeed. The field under the control of Jeff Kingsley. Driver's right is pole position, waiting for the green flag for the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama at St. Pete's. It's a long hold. It's a long, long hold. And we've got all 15 cars very close indeed. When does the flagman go for the green flag? They're almost at the line. And there's the green flag and they're racing. My goodness me. That was a long hold and it's a very good break. And down the inside immediately into turn one, Riley Dickinson with the shield on the hood of his Porsche goes through in a second, displacing TJ Fisher. A little bit naive maybe there by TJ, starting his uh, racing career. And through, slipping straight through, then into second place, Riley Dickinson, it looked to me as though Kenny Marillo had gone into third, the top racing teammate of TJ. He's gone down to fourth, and Sebastian Carrazzo is in the wall early in the number 27 car. So great start at the front of the field for our two championship leaders. Fabulous start from Kenny Marillo, Jeremy, but Sebastian Carrazzo hard into the wall at, uh, look to me, as it was th turn three as they go on to First Street Southwest. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a shame for Sebastian. A heavy impact there, I think, uh, for that number 27 car. That's another 
of the uh, Kelly Moss Road and Race Machines, and uh, that's a shame. Having having uh, you know, started off the weekend well, he was he was quick in the in the first practice session, third fastest in the first practice session, uh, but unfortunately that's going out the full, full course caution. Uh, it's a it's a really tricky corner that. Uh, there's a couple of kind of kinks before it leading on to this uh, onto First Street Southwest and it's it's so easy particularly on cold tires to make a mistake and that's what Carrazzo has apparently done I mean there could have been some other contact as well of course because it's just, it's just a, a dangerous part of the racetrack here in St. Pete so immediately we have the safety truck out to pace the cars around this is a time certain race we started with 45 minutes uh, on the clock this won't bother Jeff Kingsley that much as rounds are beginning to run out for Riley Dickinson to overhaul his championship leader probably a good idea to look at the uh, Porsche points in the championship for platinum and for gold uh, when we get the a moment Jeremy huge hit into the wall from Carrazzo and I think he had some help there uh, he came in at virtually unabated speed. He was already backwards before he came through turn uh, to turn number three. And it looked to me as he had contact already because there was a wheel, a right front wheel and tyre combination and part of the front suspension that was already ripped from that car. Safety team, by the way, already on yeah. site. I mean, yeah, turn one is a, is a sharp right-hander. Then goes into turn two, which is a tricky corner. It, there's a the curb on the inside. The corner is sort of kind of tighter than you looked, and it, and it closes right up on the exit. There's a wall right there on the exit. It's bitten a lot of cars in the past there. Yeah. And it could be that he made his mistake coming out of turn two, and it's, yeah. you know, you just had to end up, end, end up in a wall all the way down here in th turn three, which is, you know, a couple of hundred yards later down the racetrack. But, uh, yeah, heavy, heavy impact there for Sebastian, and, you know, hopefully he's going to be okay. He's had a, a good first season in the Platinum Cars, having won last year's Masters Championship, of course, uh, but it's certainly been a, a steep learning curve for the Puerto Rican. You're good to see that he's out of the car. The flatbed, the rollback uh, tow vehicle is there, and it is not going to be a flat tow because the right front suspension has been torn off that portion, and there'll be a bit of a scramble to get that car put straight for the second race of the weekend tomorrow. It gives us an opportunity to revisit what I, I was talking about there, uh, Jeremy, as they head on to runway nine of the Albert Whitted uh, Airport here on the shorefront at St. Pete. At top of uh, the Platinum class, Jeff Kingsley has a lead. Um, Comfortable-ish, I would say, with the rounds running out. Yeah, very definitely. You know, the time is certainly running out here for, for Riley Dickinson to, uh, to to make a challenge for the championship. Uh, it's been a fantastic season for Jeff Kingsley. I mean, he's really come on strong this season. He had a good, yeah, pretty good rookie year last year, but he's really stepped it up for uh, 2020. And you know, he's been uh, very, very difficult to beat. Uh, he's uh, you know scored wins on on every racetrack this season. You know, every weekend of the season, he's scored at least one win. Uh, two of them last time out at Road Atlanta. Well, just last week, wasn't it? it? Seems like an age ago. Uh, but you know, he's been—he's going to be hard to catch. He's got a 25-point lead over Riley Dickinson. So, for Dickinson to qualify only third here, you know, that makes things even more difficult for him. The good news for Dickinson—he has made a move. He's up to second place, so perhaps he can challenge at the restart. But he's going to need to beat Riley Dickinson and, uh, with the points system as it is, hope for mistakes. I think from the Canadian. Yeah. And Jeff Kingsley uh, did a great qualifying, had three or four really top quality laps, and he will start on P2. 
pole position for race two tomorrow here at St. Pete's. As far as the Gold Cup is concerned for the Gen 1 at 991 GT3 Porsche Cup cars, uh, it's been a story of two drivers there as well. ACI Motorsports' Kurt Swearingen and Efren Castro from TPC Racing. Uh, and uh, they shared the spoils last weekend in an unusual, but not unique, triple header event that we had at Road Atlanta last weekend. How do they stand coming into St. Pete's? Yeah, they're a little bit closer, uh, but uh, it's 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 a, an 18-point lead for Swearingen over Castro. Eight wins to four in favour of Swearingen this season. The poles, however, uh, have, have been basically the other way around. And Castro has had the edge in qualifying, but Swearingen has had the edge in the in the race wins. And not a lot of not a lot of love love lost between these two. They've had a few instances on, on track this season, so they're not exactly best of buddies. They were teammates last year, but they're not the best of buddies right now. So. Uh, Efren Castro will be uh, definitely looking to to put one over on his rival here this weekend and maintain that position out in the front of the class as he is right now. Very, very badly damaged number 27 car for Sebastian Carrazzo. I should have said this earlier, but Sebastian, uh, once the safety crew got there, uh, was able to get out of the car uh, himself. Uh, In the pits, by the way, uh, is the TPC Racing number 69 car. And they're looking at the front end of that car. I, I'm sort of putting two and two together and making um, several more than four at that point for the Danny Hardy uh, car, the man from Vero Beach in Florida. Um, I can't see any damage to that car, certainly not, not any significant damage. Uh, and... Uh, I'm just trying to work out how close they might have been uh, on the grid. But until I have any other evidence to the fact, I will say for the moment that we can't say whether that has been connected to the original incident or not. But the 27 car, Jeremy, very, very badly damaged. Uh, That right front suspension completely torn off. Uh, The exhaust pipes have taken a hit as well. Now, you might say that doesn't make a lot of difference, does it? Well, except right behind that on a Porsche 911, of course, is the engine, the gearbox may have taken a crack as well on the very unforgiving concrete walls it tends to be in car versus wall whatever the car is the wall here tends to come out best jeremy uh yes <laughs> it, it, it certainly does and you know, if there was any any relation between danny hardy's problems and um and sebastian Carrazzo's, it, it was it was purely incidental or it could be that uh, Hardy picked up something on the racetrack as a result of the the hit by Kraser because they were certainly nowhere near each other on the racetrack. It's Jeremy Shaw and John Heindorf as we are under full course yellow. IMSA Porsche Carrera Cup USA by Yokohama. And the time counting down now under 37 minutes to go at IMSA Radio if you want to get in touch with us hello to Mickey Heth who's tuning in for the from the United Kingdom in sound uh, and vision and Jeremy with a bit of cleanup still to do uh, let's do a bit of uh, a bit of housekeeping yeah just you know, an interesting story here Jeff Stone who is the team principal there at uh, Kelly Moss Road and Race, the race leading car, the Children's Hospital car from Alabama, of Jeff Kingsley. This is this is Jeff's uh, home race. He was he was born and raised in Largo, Florida, which is only 20 minutes or so away from here, uh, and he's. Uh, 
you know, the, the family did all sorts of things. His father actually worked in the space industry back in the early days, and Jeff himself cut his teeth in the sport right here in, in this local area. He was a, a fabricator, a designer, a car builder. In fact, he was the first uh, fabricator and indeed the first driver driver he, he he designed and built the first driver capsule for the circus circus off offshore power boats back ah. in the day the hydroplane so you know he's just uh, he's been involved in, in many different uh, forms of racing since then over years years of course but he calls this his happy place he's just thrilled to be racing here on the streets of st pete at the front of the field jeff kingsley leads a train of now at 13, well, actually maybe 12, because David Hardy's car's not, uh, Danny Hardy's car's not come out uh, of the pit lane after being looked at very carefully by TPC Racing. That's the number 69 car. We've got cleanup of a bit of oil dry and dirt and dust down at turn three. I think we'll have at least one more circuit behind the Porsche safety car which leads them around at the moment. It's a very nice uh, 9.11 in what a lot of people call GTS Red. Carmine, I think, is the proper colour for that. For those of you who are Porsche fans, Castro, Efren Castro leads the gold category, and despite the limited amount of running we had before we went green, actually, I'm looking at that now. Is that a 9.11? Uh, I'll check that in a moment. I just glanced across. It might be a bit bigger than a 9.11. Uh, Efren Castro, and despite the short amount of running, no, it's a Panamera. It's a Panamera GTS. Um, uh, Efren Castro, I'll be drummed out of the Porsche Club for that. Uh, Castro managed to make here in the uh, three corners that we had green, and he's got past Charlie Luck. So that puts a platinum car between him and his championship rival, Kurt Swearingen, for ACI Motorsports. And it, that's it. That's important, Jeremy, because I can only imagine the platinum cars are going to be difficult to pass around here for the Gold Cup runners. Yeah, you know, it's not an easy place to make overtaking moves here. You've got to be, you've got to be pretty careful about it. It's very easy to make a mistake, as we've already seen from Sebastian Carrazzo. And you know, it's. Yeah, the, I mean, oh, red flag, Jeremy. Like, red flag. Yeah. Red uh, flag. So, yeah. Now, Carrazzo's car is being taken away, bereft as it is of right front corner. Uh, well, that was cause, if, cause or effect, you know. It's, it's possible well, cause. Certainly, the wheel you was kind off. Of alluded to that. Yeah, long before the big hit uh, at the middle part of turn three. So, not getting anything at the moment from uh, race control to tell us uh, what is going on in terms of why this is. I presume just because of the extended cleanup, they feel there's not much point in touring around behind the safety car so everybody will come back into the pit lane which is indeed exactly uh, what is uh, happening now and therefore we have the race suspended now the clock because of how tight it is here and uh, with the IndyCar Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg qualifying to come. The clock will run, uh, I reckon, here. I don't think we'll see that stopped. It's already under 33 minutes. So this is very unfortunate, Jeremy, that for the moment at least, the guys aren't getting any racing. Uh, clearly there's something out on the circuits that uh, race control's not happy with. 
Yeah, it, it could be one of the barriers that has been moved as a result of that impact. It was a heavy Fine. crash there for Sebastian Carrazzo, and you know, that would be the uh, the thing. I'm sure you know the first priority is to get the car out of the way, make sure. Well, well first priority is make sure the driver's okay, Correct. of course. Uh, second priority, get the car out of the, uh, out of the way, uh, and then uh, thirdly, they'll they'll make sure there's no damage. To, to the barriers on the side of the racetrack that could have any further implications down the road. So, yeah, really unfortunate for these guys. I mean, you know, they, they, as you said, they were here seven months ago, for goodness sake, uh, for that one practice session. In fact, all of the cars that were here that weekend, except for the Indy cars, did actually have one session, right. session on the racetrack, including the, the Road to Indy series as well, uh, but uh, but nothing more than that. And I think it was right at the end of the Porsche session that the the, uh, the plug was finally pulled. Uh, but just, uh, just really unfortunate. Here's another... Yeah, he just he got squeezed. Ah, I think. Yeah, just he so, got squeezed yeah. by the um, Kenny Marillo car. No, for Bichon, but McAllister's car, and right front corner comes into contact uh, with the right-hand side uh, of the barrier uh, as he was coming through the little kink before turn three. So not really even turn two. He was through turn two, I think, but as he yeah. was coming to the pointy bit of turn three so as fifth avenue southeast comes in to join first avenue uh, first street then it, it, there's just a little kink there and the room was closing down and i think that's what's happened with a, and with a little bit of steering input into that car as there would have been there jeremy it was enough to catch that right front wheel on that unforgiving concrete wall and just completely rip that front corner off and from that point sebastian carrazzo was a passenger yeah, I think yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's, it's strange there isn't more damage really to the to the right front corner, mm. uh, but I think you know it was just just really unfortunate. I think the the biggest cause of, of that was probably the fact that uh, T.J. Fisher got such a, a a slow run out of yeah. out of turns one and two, and so the the pack was really closed behind him there. He got he got shuffled out at turn at turn one, which quickly becomes turn two. And then, you know, there's other people trying to make up ground. And unfortunately for Sebastian Carrazzo, just kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time. And you know, that was a heavy, heavy impact for him. Just uh, trailing ahead a little bit whilst we have the opportunity, as we're now under half an hour, under 30 minutes to go. The qualifying session that we had earlier today uh, does also uh, potentially set the grid for tomorrow as well, Jeremy, in terms of second quickest lap times. It does indeed. It's either the second to quickest lap time or if they're able to go any faster during the race today. And, well, of course, we haven't seen any fast laps at all. We haven't even completed a lap of racing yet. So uh, I think that's probably going to be uh, fairly unlikely. It's pretty warm this afternoon. and Unlikely that they're going to go any quicker than they did in qualifying yesterday. And just looking at the grid positions for the for the second race as they stand after qualifying it's the same front row jeff kingsley and tj fisher will be on the front row for for uh, tomorrow riley dickinson uh, remains in third place um the guy who's uh, going to be most disappointed is sebastian carrazzo because he would have moved up a position ahead of kenny marilla actually marilla went back two positions on tomorrow's grid behind carrazzo and sean McAllister. but that's going to be a big job to to get sebastian's car ready for again for tomorrow and i think that's probably uh, fairly unlikely. Yeah, and just a note on Jeff Kingsley, he put in three or four absolutely storming qualifying 
laps in that qualifying session earlier on today. Uh, three minutes is the sign and the word we are hearing from race control. So the flat six engines for the moment are have fallen silent. They've turned them off. They do have self-starters in them, of course, based on the venerable Porsche 911 road car. This is the 991 body shape. So just been superseded recently by the new 992, which is, uh, for the first time, uh, has a single body shape right throughout the 911 range for the new car. And we will see that car in this championship next year. The 992 GT3 Cup Challenge car, or should I say Carrera Cup car, uh, will be part of the championship next year. And as I say, for the first time in the street cars, all the cars have the wide body front and rear. First time that there are different diameter wheels front to rear on the new 992 as well for a, for a 911. Uh, and so whether you take Carrera, Carrera S, Carrera 4 or any of the even more sporty variants, all the body shells are the wide front and rear track uh, on the cars. Uh, these being the 991 category, we have two versions. The Gen 1 cars are the three Gold Cup cars uh, with the yellow door mirrors, yellow wing end plates and the yellow end to the shade band on the windscreens. Uh, the ones with black door mirrors and black wing end plates and also, of course, uh, the black edges to the shade bands. They are the 991 Gen 2 cars. Slightly bigger engine, 4 litre cars. Nine, nine, the Gen 1 cars, notable, of course, that's the last of the 3.8 engines. The so-called Metzger engine which has a phenomenal history uh, in Porsche, going back through Porsche Street and race cars. Sadly, uh, Herr Dr. Metzger, we lost in the last year. Uh, the man behind so many great Porsche Street and race engines down through the years. But to see these cars racing, continuing to race, and so many Porsches around the world still running Metzger-designed engines is a fitting tribute to a a veritable genius of engineering. Well, the good news is that the Panamera GTS has pulled out of the pit lane and following along with it, the full remaining, now I reckon 12 car field. Uh, with, uh, interestingly enough, uh, we didn't expect to see Bart Collins or David Bruley Sr., but Michael Manella's car didn't start uh, either. The number four car earlier on, the MCR Racing, in all the excitement, I have to say I didn't pick that up, Jeremy, but I've just noticed now that that car is listed as a non-starter. Um, wasn't expecting to see Bart or David, but uh, haven't quite yet then got to the bottom of why uh, Michael Manella did not get the to the start there. Yeah, no, he, he had an off yesterday, uh, in the in the uh, in the practice in the um, practice or qualifying actually, but uh, he did, did quite a lot of damage to that car. So right. yeah, that has been scratched from from the from the weekend. So uh, yeah, the the other two, uh, David Bruley and, and Bart Collins, they elected not to not to make the trip in the end. So we're going to go back to green. We are indeed barely a full lap straight out the pit lane, straight to green flag, and Jeff Kingsley has to do it from a single file restart. He does that nicely, diving down the inside into turn one across the paint which is really at a spin right in the middle of the plat the pack that was the number 10 car vernon mcclure for tpc racing and caught up behind frank razo for top racing just has nowhere to go now scrambling around to find reverse 
why didn't I ask where reverse was before we went out on the green flag lap is what he's thinking to himself right now but you know you never need it in a race car except when you do great restart from Jeff Kingsley it was Sean McAllister who was looking down the inside at turn one on TJ Fisher for fourth place that didn't happen for him so 16, 53, 56, 58 and 11 are your top five with Charlie Luck in the 45, the rainbow sided Porsche uh, leading the Masters class for drivers who have a little more experience of life. Uh, and he's been having a cracking battle all season with the number 99 driver. Uh, that's just the car number, nothing to do with Alan Metney's age. Uh, the Kelly Moss AM Motorsports car, the all white iFly car sits in eighth position at the moment. Back on the runway as we complete what effectively is our first green flag lap in total uh, with just under 24 minutes to go. Jeremy Shaw. Yeah, finally, uh, we get uh, a lap with, with with only with less than half the race remaining. Uh, we've got our first green flag lap and a good restart there for Jeff Kingsley. Riley Dickinson was looking pretty racy mm. on that restart lap, but uh, Jeff Kingsley now, I think he's probably in his groove uh, and he's going to be hard to beat, but uh, certainly Riley Dickinson hasn't given up. You know, he's still... Uh, the, the youngster from uh, from Florida still only 18 years of age hard to believe no isn't way. it but he's quite a talent and you know he's he's looking to uh, to make up ground here again on, in the championship which is a brief look at that spin by uh, oh Efren Castro did a great job to miss yeah. the spinning number 10 uh, of uh, uh, Werner McClure and uh, he's leading the gold category and he managed, although he lost a position, I think, to Alan Metney. No, he didn't, actually. Um, he, he managed not to lose a position to Kurt Swearingen as well. Uh, and so Castro now up to seventh position with Alan Metney in that 99 car ahead of Kurt Swearingen and Richard Edge, who are the two other gold category uh, runners onto the start finish straight back onto the runway first and second together Riley Dickinson get a little bit of a draft he'll benefit from the hole in the air being punched by the number 16 Kelly Moss road and race does he dive out to drivers right he does not really interesting turning in there on the runway markings the grip level changes markedly between the runway the markings and back to the runway again and you do have to feel a little bit for the grip in there. It's not like road street markings. Uh, in fact, sometimes you get a little more grip out of those runway markings on there. They're a slightly uh, different compound and a little bit rougher on the top. And so quite often you'll find you get a bit of slip on the front tyres, then grip, then slip again. That's one thing I remember from my limited laps around here in the old uh, LMS days in a, a variety of very lovely street cars. Remember mm. driving some journalists around here in an Audi R8, part of the uh, same family as we're watching here. That was a lot of fun. I also remember this little kink uh, coming into turns 11 and uh, 12 was very, very quick indeed, even in a street car. And these guys are making that look very simple now, Jeremy. And for a moment it looked like Riley Dickinson for the most speed team in second place was uh, going to have a little look at the leader. But again, Jeff Kingsley, unflustered, focusing forward, exactly what you'd be telling him to do if you were on the radio to him. And he's pulled out, not a cushion, but um, a little bit of a lead. Yes, he has. And you just turned the fastest lap of the race as well, of Jeff Kingsley, 1 minute 16.3. It was Riley who was a quicker on the last lap at a 116.5, so a couple of tenths shaved away from that now by our race leader, Jeff Kingsley, and he's uh, 
going to look to to pull away, but certainly at this stage he's not able to do so. Riley Dickinson remaining right with him, a bit of a gap back to third place. But Kenny Murillo, he's got his teammate uh, from top rating, T.J. Fisher, right behind him, and also there is Sean McAllister as well. So a good three-car battle for third, fourth, and fifth positions. Yeah, and should mention those two uh, top racing cars as well, Jeremy, because that th those two drivers, two of the uh, youngest drivers that we have in the field and a fantastic opportunity for them driving in the top racing cars that's uh, Kenny Marillo and uh, TJ Fisher with Sean McAllister actually right in behind them for cheer DX interesting mix of drivers in this championship always has been with young career-minded drivers mixing it up with uh, gentlemen drivers who are perhaps a little older and are still racing for the fun of it and the good news is that doesn't change for next year when we go to Carrera Cup USA. Yeah, true. Uh, it's, it's certainly you know, a great thing about this this mix of drivers in this championship. It's certainly given you know, several youngsters an opportunity to, to make a name for themselves in sports car racing. And that's certainly what it's doing for these two out in the front of the field. Jeff Kingsley, of course, he's already had his opportunity. He joined the, uh, the, the McLaren team from Compass Racing for the most recent race. was uh, last weekend, wasn't it, at uh, Road Atlanta. So just under 20 minutes to go. The leading pair through the kink that takes you off Bayshore Drive and down towards the end of the lap. A little bit of high cloud, but otherwise blue skies. Then a great battle, third, fourth and fifth as one. And that's Marillo Fisher and Sean McAllister, top, top and JDX racing cars there maybe an opportunity for a chance to make an overtaking maneuver down into turn one Looked like dickinson was lined up the leader as well but he's not close enough gotta keep your calm here jeremy and your and your patience the yokohama tires probably not doing as much work as we might have expected because of those safety car laps so there should be plenty of grip here although the cars will still relatively speaking for 18 minutes left in the race will actually be quite heavy because they haven't brought burnt off as much racing fuel as they would have expected yeah that's a very good point because uh, generally by this stage you know that the the, uh, the tires would be struggling a little bit because they'd have been thrashed for their lives for the last uh, almost half an hour but uh, you're right we've really only had 10 minutes or so not even that of, of, of green frag running in this race so they've had a bit of a breather and these two out front are really caning the stars as hard as they possibly can they're trading fastest laps each time around uh, the fastest lap so far was actually set on the previous lap by riley dickinson at a one minute 15.952 that was uh, almost matched last time around by jeff kingsley but still nothing to choose between the, that pair uh, and if you took the best three sectors and put them together, there's a 15-7 in there already. I suspect that as we do burn off a little of that weight in terms of the fuel, that these guys might even get a little bit quicker. The battle for third, fourth and fifth, they're not closing in. They're uh, around about five seconds away from the leading pair, but they're not tripping themselves up either. We've not seen, Jeremy, a concerted overtaking opportunity from either Dickinson on the leader, Jeff Kingsley, or indeed from Fisher or McAllister on Kenny Murillo, who's in third position. Nobody yet feels that they are close enough to make a dive, and you can't be half-hearted here, and you can't just send it and hope for the best, because those walls are just too close. 
you, that's exactly the case and, and you know there's another race to come tomorrow as well yeah. so you, you want to make sure you make that you at least start that race you don't want to put yourself out of it uh, before you even get there of course that's what's happened to michael manella with his crash yesterday uh, alan metney's had a difficult weekend as well he's found the wall a couple of times uh, yesterday in that car number 99 he's running way back in the pack in, in a very unaccustomed eighth place and he's been unable to find a way past uh, efren castro so you know that just shows you it's uh, this place can bite and it can bite quickly so if you're going to make a move it's got to be really incisive and clean and that's certainly what riley dickinson will be hoping to do he's still got 15 minutes remaining in this race so if you keep the pressure on uh, i'm sure there's going to be some clearer op- well he will be hoping there's going to be some clearer opportunities that will present themselves i've i've not raced on what you would call a full street circuit i've raced at some track where some tracks where the retaining walls are very close to the side of the track and I, I found the only way I could do that as we are now getting a dive down the inside uh, and there's yeah, a touch yeah. and that was almost inevitable and that's the two teammates that was going down uh, to turn four and it's the two top racing teammates Marillo and Fisher uh, who have come together there's damage certainly to the 58 car of TJ Fisher the mainly white machine just a little tap on the right rear corner and his teammate yeah. Kenny Marillo trying to get out of it has spun himself around against the wall. I think that could bring out another. It has brought out the Porsche Panamera safety car. Again, that's going to be a difficult debrief, Jeremy, in the team transporter. Yeah, it really is. That was a uh, not uh, not the best of moves there, I think, for that position. And you know, it's it's been a a flashpoint in the past when I when I raced on this racetrack we didn't use quite the same racetrack as we use it right now but this was a flashpoint in the race that I did so again he's uh, he's, he's almost there. there on the inside line but you know you've got to be completely there and he wasn't completely there he, what he should have done is left his braking almost impossibly late so there's no way that the the car he's p- trying to pass can turn into the corner that's the clean pass in that position there yeah this is exactly the same thing happened actually to me in actual fact because i was leading a race here in the in the race trucks a long long time ago now and i got i got tipped from behind going into that corner by peter holzmer actually uh, thank you peter uh, and i spun around there's a huge wreck in 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 our wake all the cars kind of piled up there they've opened up that section of racetrack now so it's not quite as bad as it was before by the way i did get going again and we ended up winning the uh, team championship which was rather cool but uh, the good news is there that uh, the number 58 car of tj fisher has got going again but uh, kenny Murillo it seems is out and he, he, he probably might want to stay there for a while and uh, as you say john i don't think uh, making his presence felt back in the paddock is probably a particularly good idea at the moment did you, when you race on a track like this, the point I was going to make just before that happened, did did you find you just have to, in some ways, ignore the walls and almost, quote-unquote, look through them? When I speak to people who play golf, they don't look at the water hazard. They don't look at the bunker or the outer bounds because we are led by our eyes. And if I'm told, and certainly I know this from riding motorcycles, if you look at the hole in the road, then you're likely to drive into it. Is that the same with street circuits? You've got to kind of forget the walls are there? Uh, absolutely right, yes. And uh, actually, the, the race that we did around here was actually in the dark. It was, <laughs> it was at night time as well. So, and all there was, there was no floodlighting. It was just the street lights, which was really interesting because the street lights, of course, with the with the walls lining the racetrack, would cast a shadow, and that made it even more difficult than it is right now. You can just see if you see the sun uh, on the shadow, you know, sh- has shadows here against the wall, but the sun's pretty high in the sky right now. When we were racing at night, 
uh, it wasn't the case. So there were big, long shadows. And yeah, some people found it a lot more easy to drive around here than others did. I loved it. Uh, and uh, But you're right, you, know, you have to ignore the water because if you look at it, you're going to hit it. Yeah. So you had to work out whether that black thing in the middle of where you were turning in and aiming for right. was real wall or just shadow. I've driven Bathurst at night and it's pitch dark in there. Uh, and that's got a lot of walls very close and that can be very intimidating. But I, I, I prefer driving at night, if I'm honest. I feel, I feel there's less distractions for my little tiny brain. Well, the good news, actually, is both of the cars involved there, both the top racing cars, have got going again. Both TJ Fisher, who extricated himself, got a little uh, dink, by the way, from Sean McAllister. That's where the damage on the uh, right rear came uh, to the uh, white number 58 car. Uh, and then Kenny Murillo uh, found reverse, he was so hard up against the wall, he would never have been able to get out of the driver's side anyway. Uh, but he managed to get the car off the wall. He's done a swift U-turn and he's rejoined the field. Both of those cars, though, are laps down uh, on the field. Ooh, now, I say that. Did TJ get going without dropping a lap? He... I think TJ did. Yes. yes. Uh, yes. And Kenny Marillo has dropped one lap, but with just under 11 minutes to go... By the time we come back to the green, we will be racing again. And it's Jeff Kingsley who'll have to do it again in a single-file restart with his championship challenger, Riley Dickinson, for more speed behind him. Coming down now off Bayshore and down towards the end of the runway through the kink at 11 and 12, the little chicane. Then in the right-handed double apex hairpin. Listed as 13 and 14. That's where they are now. We'll come back to green flag racing with 10 minutes and 40 seconds or thereabouts on the clock. And we are racing again. Kingsley Dickinson McAllister. Charlie Look has done a great job. He's up into fourth. And his Masters competitor, Alan Metney, right in behind him. Not for long. Metney goes down the inside into turn one. Can he hold on to it? He does for a moment. Look round the outside through turn two. They're side by side. And Charlie Look somehow manages to get that back. A super initial manoeuvre on the brakes at the end of the long front straight by Alan Metney. But very cool head by Charlie. Look, he knew he would be able to get that back. Also, by the way, our gold uh, cup runners, 6th, 7th and 8th, with no platinum cars behind them. So Efren Castro has no tail end Charlie. He has no backstop. He's battling now with Kurt Swearinger and Richard Edge as well. The other ACI Motorsports car is right there. Leaders just pulling away a little bit from third place. That's Sean McAllister for JDX. Jeremy. Great driving by both uh, Alan Metney then and Charlie Luck. Uh, Metney, he just got past Efren Castro right well as the uh, as the yellow was coming out for mm. an incident between the top racing teammates. So he was ahead of Castro. He made that dive bomb move down in turn one, but carried too much speed in the corner. And a really good drive in there for Charlie Luck to to get that position back again. Uh, and you know, he's looking to uh, to get another Masters win. He he won the last three last time out. It had been a while. It had been 25 races since he'd had a Masters win before that. And Charlie Luck in that car number 45 for Wright Motorsports, he loves winning. Uh, and he was thrilled to make Ooh. that pass. So there's a, oh. not such a good move there for Vernon McClure. Takes out Frank Razzo. No, that was not smart at all going into turn one. Um, uh, and Frank Razzo, another of the top racing cars, does a big U-turn and gets around. Now, I think... Vernon McClure in the red and white number 10 car. If he can find reverse, he should be able to get out the tie wall at driver's left in the middle of turn one. 
we're staying green at the moment with eight minutes. Sorry, eight minutes, yes, and 33. It's a single yellow over the start-finish line. So we are staying green. No further intervention. I like this call. I like this call a lot. There's a lot of runoff there down at the end of the front straight. Vernon McClure being given every opportunity to rejoin before the leaders come round. There'll be about eight minutes and ten seconds to go, which is about six or seven laps. Waved yellows at the end of the front straight on the runway, which means no passing allowed. Let's see if Vernon's gone. Still waved yellow only. Local yellow, like this call from race control. McAllister goes through in third. Then Charlie Look in the uh, green, white and red Porsche. He's leading the Masters class from the number 99 of Alan Metney. That's your top five. Then that fabulous battle for Gold Cup. Castro, Swearingen and Richard Edge. Richard just dropped a, a little bit further back from those two battling championship contenders. And at the front of the field, as they head down to the right-hander at Central Avenue before they turn right onto Bayshore Drive, the two leaders in a little bit of shade for a moment. Love this fast run down Bayshore Drive, Jeremy. That uh, yeah. fast left-handed kink is absolutely superb. And that's what I meant earlier on by saying this is not your typical point and squirt. 90 degree or hairpin straight circuit. Oh, you're dead right. That's a heck of a corner turn nine. I mean, it's really fast in these cars. Uh, they, they, you know, they come out of uh, turn eight. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a 90 degree right hand turn, a two 90 degree right hand turns leading on to that straight. But uh, you know, oh. with the water on your left there, it's a really, really fast corner. Well, Vernon McClure hasn't been able to find the gear that he was looking for and. Therefore, with 6.42 to go, we're back for the, what, third time now to circulating behind the safety car. That's a bit disappointing, and Vernon is disappointed with himself that he hasn't been able to find reverse or the car didn't want to play. Dive down the inside, a very, very ambitious dive down the inside of Frank Razo on the restart. Frank actually does a pretty good job of just turning the car around to his right uh, and Vernon does himself no favours whatsoever as he locks it up going into the tyre barriers just needed a little bit of a push back but clearly couldn't find the right selection of buttons to find reverse gear they are paddle shifts these cars just wondering if there's any damage to the steering as well and maybe that is the reason that Vernon decided not to continue there's no fluid coming out the front of the car I know the engine's in the back but there's radiators there's oil and water radiators in the front of that car but I don't think he's going to fire it up he's, he's motioning to be pushed further back again if possible and uh, down in the pit lane I'm I think that was Sebastian Carrazzo, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was TJ Fisher. Oh, it was TJ, of course it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. On the wall there. And that's, his uh, teammate is Kenny Murillo. Uh, so they're both the top cars, although they did get back into the fight and drove back to the pit lane themselves. Uh, neither of them have gone any further. 
So a bit of it. Sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. No, just going to say, shame, real shame for those two. I mean, they've given a fantastic opportunity uh, by David Baker to join to join this uh, top racing team for the final few races of the season, and you know, really making good progress for both of them. Uh, Kenny Murrow has done done most of the season. TJ just joined in last weekend, and you know, it was a pretty steep learning curve for TJ Fisher. Got a fair amount of experience in all sorts of different cars, particularly open wheel cars, even off road cars more more recently. Uh, but it was a very steep learning curve to get to get used to this uh, Porsche 911. Uh, GT3 Cup car, but he's had some good coaching from Zachary Robichon, both of those two, the last couple of weekends, and they both made big strides. Excellent front row start here for TJ Fisher. Unfortunately, he, he made a bad start, and then the two of them got together there, but uh, you know, they're certainly making making good progress, and uh, you know, big thanks to David Baker for making this possible for them. David Baker, who completed an awesome 100 starts in IMSA Porsche GT3 Carrera Cup USA, by Yokohama last weekend at Road Atlanta uh, and had, I think, what is a unique double. Started at 100, his 100th race, parked the car, which was always going to be the plan. He wasn't going to compete in the, the race. Uh, and then was there to wave the chequered flag on his 100th race, which I'm not sure anybody will be able to say they've done that before. And these yeah. cars, just to underline what Jeremy was saying, by the way, no traction control, no ABS. Yes, they do have paddle shift, but these are a tricky car to drive and some very good drivers down through the years in a variety of uh, VIP and guest drives haven't been able to get on with them. Conversely, I do hear people say that if you're good in one of these cars, you can probably drive anything. Uh, they're, they're a pretty feisty little yeah. beast, actually. Yeah, absolutely right. And... Uh yeah, David Baker, that is such a cool story, isn't it? I mean, yeah, he was, he, he's been involved in a couple of accidents over the last uh, 18 months or so, and you know, he's now a retired racing driver. Uh, but uh, it was great that he was given that honour of being able to throw the check and flag for what was his 100th race start. It's such a cool story. And you know, it's David Baker that's made it possible for uh, for Kenny Murillo and for TJ Fisher to, uh, to join that team for these final few races of the season. So just super cool all the way around. Well, we've cleared the issue but I wonder if there's enough time for us to go back to green. The Panamera is still with the four-way flashes on, indicating uh, that we were going to go mm. on to another lap. Two minutes, 20 to go. And what are they doing a safety car lap in, Jeremy? Uh, well, I think it was only two minutes, actually, last all right. time around. So, so we, we, might we might get... Just, yeah. yeah, we might get... <laughs> a one-lap dash. Is a one-lap dash, oh dear. Uh, stand back from the fence line, everybody, just in case. The... Lights on the safety car, if they are going to go out, will go out just after the kink on the back straight on Bayshore Drive. And they're a couple of three corners away from that at the moment. Just keep checking those four ways on the Panamera, glinting beautifully in the sunshine. Any time now, if the lights are going to go out, just coming through the kink on the back straight with the water on the driver's left-hand side. Looks like to me the safety car is staying out there. Yeah. So I think we're going to finish under yellow, which is a bit of a surprise as we've cleared the... No, they're not, Jeremy. No, they're not. Uh, which means we now will do one more lap behind the safety car. Well, that's that's a shame. 
white flag is out. So Jeff Kingsley will win this one in a mile and a half's time from Riley Dickinson and Sean McAllister. That's going to be your podium. I can only surmise that they didn't feel that they could uh, go back to green without shuffling the tyres at turn one. And I know we're tight for time here. Well, actually, if they'd gone back to green, the final lap would have ended quicker than if we'd stayed yellow. Uh, so this will end under full course yellow. And for the championship, Jeff Kingsley will extend his lead in platinum over Riley Dickinson. He'll come in second. Sean McAllister in third. It's another Masters win for Charlie Look in uh, fourth position overall with Alan Metney in second in the Masters. In GT3 gold, important points and a few points gained back by Efren Castro for TPC Racing on the championship leader, Kurt Swearingen, in second place with Richard Edge in third. And it looks like we're only going to have eight cars finishing. Well, nine if you count the Panamera. Actually, I think it's probably done enough laps to be... Uh, be uh, to finish in the category, the Panamera as our safety car. So Jeremy Shaw is doing a quick bit of arithmetic. Uh, and what does this do to the points, Jeremy, in Platinum? Yeah, it means that uh, Jeff Kingsley now will have a 28-point advantage with just three races to go this season, one tomorrow and then two more at uh, Sebring, not too far away from here, in a few weeks' time. So it's been a, another great win for uh, Jeff Kingsley. And also, it will, this will enable... It will, it will close up a little bit, uh, the lead a little bit to Kurtz Ring and with Efren Castro's win. In the gold category, three points, the difference between uh, first and second. So Kingsley takes the platinum class. Castro takes the gold. It's the 16 and the 65 for Kelly Moss Roden Racing, TPC Racing. Those two drivers will stand on the top step of the podium with Riley Dickinson second overall in platinum for more speed and Sean McAllister for JTX in third in platinum. Kurt Swearing and championship leader, his lead trimmed just a tiny bit for the ACI Motorsports driver in second place in the gold category and Richard Edge in third, the other ACI Motorsports car. A frustrating race, not able to get into any rhythm, some fabulous racing when we were under green between Kingsley and Dickinson. And it is Jeff Kingsley from Paul who takes the top spot and full points. Back tomorrow to do it all again as we have another round of the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge USA by Yokohama. For Jeremy Shaw, I'm John Hindorf. Thanks for being with us. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.